This video was brought to you by Incogni. Today, Russia fails to get back onto the UN human rights body, Finland says that its underseas gas pipeline may have been sabotaged, and Israel exchanges fire with Hezbollah over its border with Lebanon. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday the 11th of October. Russia has failed in its attempt to regain its seat on the UN Human Rights Council after losing its vote in the General Assembly. Russia was first expelled from the UN body in April of last year, following its invasion of Ukraine, and had been hoping to be elected to a new three-year term in Tuesday's election for two open seats allocated to Eastern European countries. However, it was Bulgaria and Albania that were successful, receiving 160 and 123 votes respectively in the 193-member General Assembly. Russia, meanwhile, received only 83 votes, so while it was defeated, it still managed to gain the support of a considerable number of countries. Russia had said that it wanted to stop the council from becoming an instrument which serves the political wills of one group of countries, and accused the US of leading a campaign to block their return to the council. For their part, Albania's ambassador had urged countries not to vote for Russia, saying that they would not take an arsonist for a firefighter. Now, the 47-member Human Rights Council is the UN's body responsible for strengthening the promotion and protection of human rights around the globe. It has no sanctioning or enforcement powers, but it can carry out investigations that can raise the profile of issues and shape the image of countries. However, it has faced criticism, largely for its membership. That's because a number of its members have questionable human rights records themselves, including China and Cuba, who were re-elected to the council on Tuesday, as well as existing members like Eritrea, Qatar and Sudan. The human rights organisation Human Rights Watch welcomed Russia's defeat, but said that because some of the elections for open seats were uncompetitive, China and Burundi will be joining the council next year alongside Cuba adding that their abysmal rights record should have disqualified them. Now, there's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make The Daily Briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us in your podcast app of choice to listen along. Next up, Finland have warned that an undersea communications and gas pipeline might have been sabotaged after the Baltic Ore connector, which connects Finland and Estonia, suddenly shut down on Sunday. Norstar, a Norwegian seismology company, identified a probable explosion at around the same time the pipeline went offline on Sunday, causing a surge in European gas prices. A communication cable was also knocked offline at the same time in Estonian waters. Opening in 2019, the Baltic Connector pipeline was designed to help integrate gas markets in the region, and is Finland's only direct link to the wider EU gas network. However, the Finnish Prime Minister said that the country's supply is not at risk and that there are enough alternative gas sources. The Finnish government hasn't ruled out Russian involvement in this incident, given concerns over Finland's recent NATO membership, with Finland's president saying on Twitter that it's likely that the damage to both the gas pipe and the communications cable is the result of external activity. Both NATO and the European Commission have offered support to Finland and Estonia while the repairs take place, which are expected to take months. Now, this incident follows the attack on the Nord Stream gas pipelines last year, which disrupted Russian gas exports to Western Europe. 
And while Denmark and Sweden open investigations into that explosion, the perpetrators remain yet unidentified. Next up, Israel has exchanged cross-border rocket fire with the Lebanese militant group Hezbollah and is continuing to pound the Gaza Strip as the fallout continues from the weekend's mass attack on Israel by Hamas fighters. The Israeli military have said that they shelled positions in southern Lebanon after its own positions were attacked by anti-tank fire on Wednesday. Now, Israel and Iran-backed Hezbollah fought a month-long war back in 2006, and this recent exchange highlights the potential for things to escalate once again. Meanwhile, down in Gaza, Israel continues to besiege the Palestinian territory and bombard it with airstrikes. Not only that, but Gaza's power authority said on Wednesday morning that its sole power plant would run out of fuel within hours, meaning that Gaza would be without electricity given that Israel had cut off supplies. At the time of writing, officials in Gaza say that at least 1,000 have been killed and entire neighborhoods demolished by Israeli strikes, according to the Associated Press. Egypt, which has a smaller border with Gaza, has also closed the main border crossing following Israeli strikes which forced trucks carrying fuel and goods heading to Gaza to pull back. Across the border in Israel, the extent and horror of Hamas's attacks are becoming clearer, with an Israeli military spokesperson saying that at least 1,200 have been killed. Workers are still recovering bodies from the settlements and kibbutz, which were the sites of the civilian massacres. And Israel has also mobilized hundreds of thousands of reservists as speculation mounts for the potential of a full-on ground invasion. For more details in this story, we have a number of videos covering the conflict over on the TLDR Global channel. And we'll include some links to that in the description. Next up, 15 opposition lawmakers in Zimbabwe have lost their seats in Parliament after a fake letter, purportedly from the party's secretary-general, was sent to the Speaker announcing the MP's recall from Parliament. On receipt of the letter, the Speaker, a member of the ruling party, declared the 15 seats vacant, despite the fact that the actual opposition leader asked him to disregard the fake letter. The letter itself was reportedly riddled with grammatical errors and signed by a man who claimed to be the party's secretary-general, a position which doesn't even exist. Nelson Chamisa, who leads the opposition Citizens Coalition for Change, or CCC, said that the conduct was a wanton violation of our laws and a clear act of criminality, and said that the 15 CCC MPs in question have filed an appeal in court to challenge their loss of seats. Interestingly, should their appeal fail and their seats remain vacant, the 15 by-elections would provide the ruling party with the opposition to secure a parliamentary majority required to amend the constitution. Now, Zimbabwe only just went to the polls in August for an election which secured yet another term in office for the government, who've ruled the country since independence in 1980. But international observers say that the election didn't meet democratic standards, and the opposition CCC alleged government fraud. So it'll be interesting to see how this latest potentially fraudulent situation plays out. Finally today, the UK's National Grid announced that the Dogger Bank wind farm, which is about 70 miles off the coast of northern England, has been connected to the grid for the first time and began to produce power on Saturday the 7th of October. 
Now, the farm is not yet fully built, but once completed in 2026, it will be the world's biggest such wind farm, with 277 turbines able to provide enough output to power 6 million homes with clean energy. A couple of years ago, I was the victim of identity theft, and I only found out when I got a court letter saying that I owed money to a broadband company at an address I'd never lived at. And I'm not alone here either, with victims of data breaches rising by 41.5% in 2022. Now, all of that stolen data is very often being added to commercial databases, with data brokers potentially aggregating your personal information, including your name and aliases, social security number, login credentials, home address, location history, online activity, and more, all of which is available for purchase by businesses and could fall into the hands of criminals too. Fortunately, though, Incogni are here to help. That's because Incogni reach out to data brokers on your behalf, request your data's removal, and deal with any objections. Plus, as brokers often continue to collect data even after takedown requests, Incogni continue to keep watch. So whenever a new record pops up on a data broker site, Incogni will automatically take care of that too. And even if you're not worried about your data being stolen, we all deal with endless junk mail and robocallers, both issues Incogni's services could help cut down. So create an account using our link in the description, grant Incogni the ability to work on your behalf and sit back as they make you safer. Plus, by using our link, you'll get an exclusive 60% off an annual Incogni plan. Thanks for checking them out, using our link, and thanks to Incogni for sponsoring this video.